episode of the Habibi Street Game Developers Drinking Good Arab Tea. My name is Rami Esmain, and I'll be your host for this episode. Uh, my name is Osama Darius, and I'm your co-host. My name is Fazi Mesmar. That's it. Fazi's <laughs> <laughs> just not. We have like a three-tier system at this point. The host, the co-host, and then we have the co-co-host. Yeah, I'm too tired to battle that. <laughs> just not, even, not even hosting. Just, Fauzi is also here. Now I feel bad. <laughs> you can you be win, Osama. No, no, I don't want it anymore. I am defeated. Aww. How are you? Good, you? I'm pretty good. Did you, did you skip Fauzi again? Did you just like, I asked, how are you How are you too? And you just kick it back to me. No, Fauzi. <laughs> I'm Maybe sorry, the U was me. I'm so sorry. That's I'm happy you're defeated. Here. <laughs> the name of the episode is Fozzy is also here. I'm here, I guess. <laughs> I feel terrible now. Thank you both for making me feel terrible. This is on you. We have, oh, so, we have about sorry, 50 minutes to fault. cheer you back up. <laughs> Which we're going to try because uh, I guess we have a bunch to talk about but before we continue Fauzi how are you doing <laughs> I'm okay I'm tired tired it's been a lo- lots of work it's, uh, a, it's an exciting week there's a lot going on at work but man I'm beat isn't there a thing you tweeted about it yesterday like there's there's a thing coming up a thingy yeah the, there's the Ubisoft forward uh, this week ooh right exciting on, on September 10th yeah so we'll be talking about a whole bunch of stuff Nice. Uh, Looking forward to I that. mean, by the time this comes out, that's going to be tomorrow. I yeah, think. yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. If you're listening, t- tune into to Fozzie's thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm very I'm excited. Not... I mean, I'm I'm obviously excited about what. If you're excited about it, I'm excited about it. Well, we're going to be talking a whole bunch about uh, you know the Mario and Rabbids uh, and you know, some of the other games uh, that uh, we're releasing this year. So. Okay. Pretty exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine it's busy, though. It's busy, you know, like getting I mean, ready uh, and putting everything together. I'm so excited right. for, like, you know, people to get their hands on this game, you know, like, and start playing it and, like, read people's feedback and, like, everything that goes with the game launch. But, you know, the road to launch is always uh, interesting. Yes. I was about to say, like I've done, I've I've been through this dance a few times on like games where six people worked on it, and I think the stakes are a little different <laughs> on the yeah, skill you're know, working on. Still, it's a, it's a game launch, you know. Regardless of how many people come in, it's like you know your heart and soul in in a thing that you love, working right, tireless hours. I'm working. I'm working with six souls. <laughs> you know, six hearts and souls. If like one, if like if half of my team is unhappy with the response, I have to like help out three people. Right? Yeah. Like in your uh, case, you know, like we're talking about a lot more. So a lot more. Maybe, I know, maybe I know a lot of people. people but... I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it's I appreciate the sort of like you're right. Like a game launch is a game launch, and it's hard for everybody. But like, especially on sort of like when you're overseeing or like helping launch a thing of this scale, like you know, like I, I can imagine it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of excitement. And luckily, I work with a lot of like awesome people that are helping out. So it's, it's always it's never just the one person, you know, with these kinds of things. It's so many people. Right. Involved. 
But yeah, yeah, it's uh, I think I cut off Osama. He was saying something, but I was gonna say something in the same vein. <laughs> you deserve it's, it. Uh, you deserve it's, cutting it's, us it's come the, off. It's the, it's, vulnerab- right. it's the vulnerability, you know. Um, you know, yes. It's it's like any art thing, you know. You put it in front of the world, and now the world can think or say whatever they want, and it uh, could be a lot of awesome stuff. Could be not, and you're like you're vulnerable and ready to. Uh, yeah. to face it and it's uh, that's always like a little bit of like anxiousness excitement and, and yeah. all of that uh, i can imagine it's true imagine. it's but exciting yeah, no, it's, it's, but it makes you nervous it's mostly excitement right now yeah it's it's mostly excitement because like yeah, we I can believe in this thing we love we love it uh, i can't wait for people to play it I still can't get over that that my 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 habibi Fauzi is working on a mario game like it's just <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy it's a bucket list item for sure it was one of those items that i think when i was a kid was on the bucket list but then i took it off because i was like that's impossible (laughs) you know (laughs) so it wasn't even on the bucket list um because it wasn't that feasible but here we are so life is crazy that way yeah well we'll see more when people are listening to this tomorrow Yeah. Uh, yeah that's super exciting You've inspired uh, me. I'm going to add it. Walk on the Moon back to my list. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, Asama, do that. if you want to get to the moon, <laughs> yeah. do not the, put the spaceship in a, in a dive. No. <laughs> Why? No diving. In zero gravity, that's got to be safe. <laughs> nope. Nope. No diving. Depends, Osama, <laughs> if you have Amazon Prime, you mm-hmm. eventually will get a trip to the moon included. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um i watched a thing i could talk okay. about yeah mm-hmm. it's a thing that fozy mentioned uh last week this is probably my favorite tv show that i've watched in a really long time it's called mo um the mm. story about you know a palestinian family oh my god that i ever loved that show it spoke to me it spoke to my soul what the most shocking part about it is that the mother on the show is like my mom in so many different ways. I really saw oh, yeah? my mother in uh, like in the way she speaks, in the way she like says Habibi, in the way like every little little details. It was amazing, um, and the show itself like was equal parts really funny and extremely heart wrenching, extremely sad. Um, and it just went from one to the other. I, I was a fan based on your description, Fozy. And when I watched it, I was like, wow, it blew me out of the water. And I saw the little it's really nods. Good. Oh, it is so good. It is so, so good. Um, I am, yeah, I, I binged watched it. It's eight episodes and I finished them in, I, wa- I want to say one sitting, but I probably got up at one point. <laughs> <laughs> probably two sittings, but still. <laughs> really good. Highly recommended show. I'm super happy it exists. I'm super surprised that it's on Netflix for everyone to watch um, because the, the, the subject of, you know, Palestinians and, and their rights is not one that generally makes it to mainstream. So, pleasantly surprised that it's getting that much uh you know limelight and attention and i'm super happy super pleased and this dude is genuinely funny you know like uh just the way he speaks Mm -hmm. his lines Mm -hmm. is hysterical it is it's true 
he's a great actor and I can see him actually that like he's been around for a while like I said he used to do like stand-up comedy I used to watch him years and many years ago but I think this could launch a TV and movie career for him just seeing how like this kind of range this is it's it's special yeah. this is really special. I mean you can definitely feel he comes from that comic like from that comedy background right yeah. like because his delivery and his like his sort of like uh, timing is just like on point for every single joke and every single line. Mm-hmm. Uh, just super good. Absolutely. I love all the characters on it. I love the mm-hmm. topics that are being covered. I see myself in so much of it. It's so good. It's so, yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. The, and the Iraqis on it, they speak with an Iraqi accent, <laughs> which is not something you hear every day. So that's great too. The, like the attention to detail, it's there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very genuine. I I do appreciate that. I think because he was involved in the in in the show, mm-hmm. generally, like he could he could avoid those movie tropes of like um, get an Arab guy who's supposed to be I don't know Palestinian in the show, but speaks in an Egyptian accent. So it's kind of yep, weird, yep. you know. <laughs> um, and he's there, goes like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna actually get a Palestinian guy to do a Palestinian role. I'm gonna actually get an Egyptian guy to do an Egyptian role. Um, yep. And that's kind of cool. So like, it's it, it felt like you know, it's a show that's winking at me. At the same time, that's also yes. winking at like yeah. the general American audience. And that was cool. They're different yes. winks, though. Yeah, they are. The wink, the wink at us is a, like, hey, see us. Mm-hmm. The wink of the Americans is like, hey, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> um, which I thought was was smart. Yep. The the reoccurring this is a branding issue joke, it gets me every time. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I highly recommend it. If you walk away from one recommendation from today, uh, this is the one. Yep. I, I, hope I don't they, think they make I have another one of those. That. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a season two for sure. Has, has to be, be right. Yeah, they can't leave mm. it like this. There's not enough. Nah, I agree. Um, cool. I watch the TV yeah. show. Speaking no. of TV shows, what okay. do you watch? I mean, I watched a show called Sandman, uh, based on the comic books. Ooh, and I know that's that's I've a, read that's the a topic that the sum up. Of course. So before I, I talk the about show, the show, actually, I'm curious. Tell me about the comic books. What do you think of the comic books? <laughs> like this is going to be extremely, um, I won't say controversial, but they actually it took me a lot of time to get into them compared to other comics. They are strange oh. and weird, and n- not my normal cup of tea. Um, so like I actually started reading the first book, didn't get into it. Friends urged me to go back and said, no, no, there's, there's something there. Went back to it and eventually liked it. I won't say I fell in love. It's not like, you know, I have a, a, a type of comic or several types of comics that I like. It's not that type of comic for me. Uh, that mm-hmm. said, I really acknowledge that it's well-written and there's a lot of the, of, of good things in it you know, that, that I enjoyed. Um, I'm eager to watch a TV show. I heard that the TV show is really good and uh, might address some of the things I didn't like about the comics as much. So we'll see. This is not really a criticism. It's more of a not my cup of tea. There's a difference between saying I think this and this and bad and saying that it was a little too weird for me. You know what I mean? 
Okay, you know, it's, it's good to hear. Uh, because I I got curious about the comic books after watching the show. Obviously, I've known about the comic books for a long time, just never really got around to read them. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but you know, like I watched the show and as I was watching the show, I'm Googling the characters to see what they look like in the comics. <laughs> and I can start by saying this as somebody who did not read the comics, but has watched the shows. Um, the casting is superb. Like just doing mm. a quick Googling in between those things, it looks pretty, pretty awesome. Like the the main character almost looks identical. A lot of the a lot of the other characters, I'd say like this show has been like really well casted, and like their their choice mm-hmm. has been spot on. Um, That's the exciting. other thing that uh, that I find interesting is the pacing of the show. It uh, it it makes you it. Um, so the show is very whimsical, and uh, it seems like from the mm-hmm. description of the comics that it's uh, stayed to the to the heart of uh, what the comics were all about. It's very whimsical. It's mm-hmm. very strange, and it's mm-hmm. like a world of its own. And there's like all kinds of like odd but interesting things happening. Yeah. Um, there's a there's an underlying dark tone the entire time. You could feel that through the show, but there's also like. Uh, an element of joy and uh, magic, I guess, is one of them. It's like mystical uh, as part mm-hmm. of the show. It's definitely like adult-themed, uh, dark themes. Um, but at the same time, it's not the boys, you know? Mm-hmm. It's uh, <laughs> it's a more yeah. like uh, mystical fantasy set in between realities kind of thing. Uh, yep. That I appreciate. I think like it's an inter- it's an interesting world that has been created, and uh, you know like as the titular character is involved with dreams, it's uh, it's very fitting. the The whole mm. thing feels like a dream and an or a nightmare, depending on the sequence <laughs> of where that is. And the pacing of That's... it uh, is is mm. I find interesting because it feels like it's a show that is made out of a serialized comic. In which, like, okay. an episode starts, and you go, like, okay, uh, they seems to have, like, forgot a lot of things that happened. Or not forgot it. It's like, okay, they there's events that happened. Now we're starting on a fresh new scene. And then there's this mm-hmm. arc and story that evolves. To, so, like, you, you as a viewer go, like, okay, I'm now ramping up into, like, oh, okay, what's going on? I'm interested. And then there is a, a short ending. And then like two episodes later, another similar arc kind of evolves in that way. Ultimately, everything is tied together. But it Mm. feels like, you know, uh, these are like five issues and they made an episode about them. Then there was like six other issues and they made another episode about them. So that pacing was kind of carried through to the show, which I found to be interesting. Um, Interesting. I didn't think that it was bad or anything. I didn't think that it like broke my... Uh, attention span to the yeah. show it's yeah. just like a um, an interesting pacing I found it felt like the, the and I want to read the comics and maybe if you do if you watch the show and you can maybe confirm that to me but it felt like they it's wanted on my to, list. Be, to be so uh, close to the subject matter of the comics that they uh, mm-hmm. followed the comics even in the pacing so to say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now I'm really excited cool to watch it. I mean, I recommend yeah. it. Uh, I recommend it. It's very have, interesting. Have you uh, either of you read the comic saga? 
No, I, no. I have basically not read comics. Just okay. <laughs> All right. All I was going to say is Saga is another example of of a really weird comic book that was extremely popular that I wasn't a big fan of. So it's not there's a category of things where I like and it's it's not a criticism, just a thing. There's a category of of types of books that I need my my stories to a certain extent. I need things to kind of have an explanation, um, like not just because we decided and otherwise I have a hard time just letting go of, of, you know, of of like the the world building that's not based on something human or something real or something historical somehow for, for my mind to latch onto. So that's, Mm. that's a me thing. That's not a everybody thing. It's totally legitimate, very valid for other people to like them. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a, it's the same thing when I'm like, yeah, Smash Brothers, I wish everything had the same art style like Disney Infinity. That's a me thing. It, it doesn't mean that's wrong. It's just like I like things a certain way, and I acknowledge that. And I, after years, I learned to uh, figure out what I liked more or less and why. So that that's all it is. So, But I'm excited to watch the TV show anyway. I want to see how it differs from the yeah, comic. Yeah, I would like to, I'd like to hear what you think. Um, uh, you know, like for me, I... Uh, like a, a Japanese literature, so not necessarily comics, like some novels, there's like a a, a, a pact of writers that as they write Jap- fiction, they blend the real and the surreal. So like, mm. um, you know, like it will be modern everyday life in Tokyo and then like, you know, monsters are appearing from the shadow before they disappear to something else. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it's stated in the novels, usually in a very matter-of-fact kind of thing, and no explanation is ever given. Um, mm-hmm. so some some writers did that, even from like you know, way back in the day, like uh, World War era Japanese novelists were like you know using this interesting jump from the real to the surreal uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I've always and I've always been fascinated about that type of fiction. Just because of like um, what happens mm-hmm. if you open up the doors to your imagination and then just let it flow without bothering with like uh, giving it the explanation in real time. It, it's very mm-hmm. hit and miss, of course, because sometimes you go like, all right, so you completely lost me at this point to like, oh, wow, okay, that's yeah. an interesting world. And how does that dynamic uh, work out with those characters in a world in which these things can happen? Yeah, and uh, exactly. Sandman yeah. has that. To some extent, in which yeah. like, okay, so this is modern world, everything makes sense. No, no, nothing makes sense anymore. I don't understand the rules of this surreal part of the story exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's some rules enough for me to be able to suspend my disbelief and just move forward with it. Uh, but I could totally see why some people would not like it because, like you know, and you know, some people they want the 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 the, the logic of the fictional world, even if it's crazy. But it, it, there needs to be rules so that you'd be able to yeah. deduce what's going to happen, how things make sense, and all of that. Exactly. That's actually one of the reasons why I that wasn't. I mean, again, not criticizing other people's fandoms. Don't come at me. But <laughs> it's one of the reasons, like. I didn't ever really get into the Harry Potter books because it was just like magic. But I really liked uh, the book by Patrick Rothfuss, which essentially is the same story. It's about a kid who goes into a magic school and learns magic. But that magic had rules and rules I could understand. And like it almost felt like science meet magic. But it's a fantasy world. There was nothing like that. It was just enough where I like 
you felt grounded. You didn't feel like there's going to be just a plot device like around the corner that's going to change everything. It's all the magic felt grounded, and that's just my preference. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and in it. a way, Star Wars does this. Like Star Star Wars, like has limits. They sometimes break them, but not often. You know what I mean? Like you kind of, if you saw something too out of whack, you'd be like, that doesn't feel that that feels too much. But that feeling that being grounded like still exists, and I kind of need it because otherwise it just feels it feels like Deus Ex Machina all the time with just right. random stuff. I happening. mean, just just to to uh, just to sort of like point this out, if you do want to come at Osama, please email info at thebeast.com. <laughs> don't just come in at case. Me. Just I'm if, totally happy with people liking things that I don't like. <laughs> you know, just in case, if you still want to, like that's that's your option. Oh no! Um, well, no, Osama speaking about <laughs> Harry Potter actually but, uh, makes me I, want I mean, to make a confession. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Some things I do need to have an explanation. I think it depends on the world. You know, if the world is like the world is weird and nothing makes sense, then I'm okay with the world being weird and nothing making sense. But if the mm. world feels like it should make sense, then. It's a little if here. You know, I think we talked about this with the Marvel stuff as well, where there there used to be sort of like a very coherent idea of magic is advanced science, and then they went magic is magic, and now they went yeah. gods are real, and it's like, yeah, okay, okay. Point. Pick your mm. lane. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you choose, just, just choose pick one. something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's sort of a transitional phase. I actually was re-watching with, uh, with Julie. I was re-watching uh, Captain America, uh, The Winter Soldier, the other day. Mm. and my god that is a very good movie very good movie yes very good movie like did did not expect that to hold up that well with like themes and everything but nope just totally totally just works yeah i remember at Uh, the time it came out it was my favorite mcu movie like it was just like wow this is the new gold standard yep uh next is guardians of the galaxy so that's also very exciting all right. Um, I love that movie. Yeah, it's, I, that's a fun one. It was a really yep. fun one. Yeah. So excited for that. And then, sadly, I think we go into Avengers Age of Ultron, which is not my favorite. No, that wasn't, Pro- it wasn't perfect. It was important. Yeah. It set up a lot of important plot points. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but that didn't make it good, sadly. Yeah. There's still parts of that movie that confused me. Like, I'm like, I, <laughs> I don't understand how why this happened. Yep. There was not enough, like, leading up to it. But anyway. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Um, I've been playing a video game. What did you play? Uh, well, I've been playing two video games. Okay. One of them is Destiny. <laughs> that that, that um, doesn't count. And I do want to... granted. I do want to hop into Destiny for one second because they just re-released the King's Fall raid, which is a raid from Destiny 1 six-player endgame activity. And it was kind of the raid... So there were two raids that were sort of like critical to Destiny's sort of evolution in terms of game design. Mm-hmm. The first one was called the Vault of Glass, which was the first raid that Destiny ever released in Destiny 1. And it really defined sort of like the basics of what a raid is, the six-player activities, communication is sort of like your challenge, uh, sort of like just how raids were set up. They re-released that recently. And then the second one was King's Fall, which came out as part of the third expansion of Destiny 1. Mm-hmm. And it just stepped everything up. Like King's Fall was long, it was complicated, it had uh, interesting mechanics. It really required fire teams to like 
you know, these six player teams to play at their best to beat it. And I think if it hadn't been for the uh, Taken King expansion that Kingsfall was a part of, I don't think Destiny would have survived past Destiny 1. Um, it really reinvigorated like the player base. And uh, that coming back then is obviously super important, that raid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very nostalgic to a lot of players. So I went back in, got a crew of six, and they had a cool challenge where if you beat it within the first two weeks, there was a specific merch item that you can buy, like this ring with the, the face of the bad guy from the raid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted to hit that, and it was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was really good, but it was really brutal. Um, it's a really clever raid where the mechanic is basically playing hot potato with six people. That's kind of the entire point of the raid is you have to learn how to play hot potato. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we were stuck on one fight for like three hours. Just like over and over, like somebody dropping the ball, somebody shooting the wrong place, somebody not going the right way. And it it was it was a struggle. But then when you get when you beat a boss like that, you know, the feeling is is just incredible. Mm. Um and then uh, we actually had to give up end of the night because it was like 3 a.m. at that point and one of us was starting to fall asleep. So we had to give up and then... Wait, uh, fall asleep because... Not because it was a boring thing. No, because, because it was 6 a.m. where they were living. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that, that, they'd been playing... We had been playing for eight hours straight at that point. Hmm. Um, wow. That's so on the final boss. Yep. What? There's no yep. save feature? No, there is, but you're trying to beat it, and we only had a few days left to get the ring. So uh, we thought we'd get as far as possible, and you know, weekend nights are the easiest nights to play. Mm-hmm. So you basically get two of them, right? Friday night and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to like give up too early. We wanted to see how far we could push it, and then one of us started like dozing off and like walking off the level. <laughs> so we just went like okay yeah they're not going to be sharp for mechanics so the next night we got back together and just instantly beat the final boss in the first try wow so i think all of us were not very sharp <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of hard to tell when you've been playing for eight hours whether you're still sharp and playing well mm-hmm. um still an incredible fight uh just really well designed really really sort of like epic and and large scale and clever and just Ugh. I love Bungie's game design so much. Hmm. But that's not actually the game I want to talk about. I just wanted to be excited about the King's Falls back. Good. The I want to talk about is called Stacklands. Stacklands? Oh. Stacklands. And this is just an obsession of mine right now. Uh, it's made by Sokpop, the Sokpop Collective, which we've mentioned before. A bunch of, uh, well, they're no kids anymore, but I'm going to call them kids anyway. Um, bunch of kids from the Benelux making like tiny games together. Most of them are funded through a Patreon and then they sell like expanded versions of games that do well on the Patreon on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, Stacklands is one of them. It is a card game um, that you play against the clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically all the cards are like things from basically think like early Age of Empires. Mm-hmm. You've got like a villager, you've got a rock, you've got a tree. And basically by putting cards on each other, they have specific effects. So you say you put a villager on a rock, then your villager is going to punch the rock, and then the rock card is going to give you a stone card. Oh, I see. 
And then you can use the rock card multiple times with that villager before the rock card like has no endurance left and then disappears. Hmm. You sell stuff to buy booster packs. The booster packs give you new cards, and then you use those cards in increasingly ridiculous combinations to get certain effects. Now, every turn is called a moon, and a moon has a specific amount of time, and you can set whether you want that to be really fast or kind of slow uh, as basically difficulty setting. But basically, at the end of each moon, you need to have enough food for at least one of your villagers. Mm -hmm. If you don't have enough food to feed all your villagers or any of your villagers, uh, it's game over. If you don't have enough food to feed some of them, they will turn into a corpse, but you can continue playing. Um, and basically, the way they use the booster packs, the way they use the economy, the way the game sort of evolves, but you're still just moving cards around, it's just really, really, really fun. Mm, that sounds great, actually. It sounds really like my cup of tea. I love card games. And I love stacking things. <laughs> I am the target audience for this. <laughs> it looks yeah, pretty I, interesting. I really, yeah, yeah, it's so it's so good. It's so simple. It's so good. Um, like most sock pop games, it doesn't tutorialize much. So a lot of it feels a bit like playing Alchemy. You know, the mm. the the game where you put things together to see what the effect is. My favorite yeah. type of tutorial. Just right. try and, things. And then the other thing is sometimes uh, if you get stuck, the solution is just buy more booster packs hmm. uh, until you, you know, stop being unlucky and get the card you need. That sounds great. That's a good recommendation. Yeah, really having a lot of fun with it. Where are you playing cool. it? Which uh, device? Steam. Steam. Uh, I'm sure it works well on Steam Deck because it. That's it what I needed to hear. That's feels it. <laughs> like it should work on Steam Deck. I haven't played it on my Steam Deck because I haven't played on my Steam Deck in a while. I am um, the opposite. <laughs> That's my most used console right now. Osama, you're you're on the Steam Deck bandwagon. I am on the Steam Deck bandwagon. Well, All I least... need to do is like follow that tutorial to put Game Pass on my Steam Deck, and then I'm never. Oh my god! It. I was about to say, at <laughs> least finally we're done talking about Game Pass, no. and then this happened. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't was that literally? <laughs> was that literally what I just cut off? What you were yep. saying? Yes. Oh my god! Perfect. I was timing. very excited. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no! I just need those two things to be combined, and then that's it. <laughs> I just need the powerful. Steam Deck to be smaller. That's all. Uh, they're gonna. I mean, there's gonna be a form factor that's smaller for sure. They're Please. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not the last Steam Deck you're gonna see. There's gonna be a Steam Deck two, a one point five. I guarantee it. I'm it's just too excited popular. for the. Uh, I'm excited for the competitors right now. Yeah, like I, I, I hope they make another Steam box, like <laughs> for TV, uh, that's like really made for really easy pairing of controllers and stuff like that. Because the Steam Link was was felt. I liked my Steam Link, but it fell a little bit short because it was complicated to do all those things. So right. if they have like a, a Steam box, like a version like that, I think that would be a great. Um, I don't know. I, maybe the Steam Dock is going to be enough for the Steam Deck. We'll see. There's too many Steam things I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, have either of you played that game that's kind of went a little bit viral on Twitter? Uh, it's called Immortality, but the the Sam Barlow the, game. Yes, exactly. Have either of you tried it yet? I wanted to, but I couldn't run it for whatever reason. Um, how is it? You played it? It's on Game Pass. You couldn't run it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
I had I, I had the I had the weirdest issue that I think only me had, in which like whenever I wanted to watch the video trailer on the Xbox Store, the yeah. whole thing crashed. Whoa, odd. Yeah, okay. it never happens, and it was just watching the trailer. So I was like, um, oh. all right, I'll, I'll get back to that. And I was playing another game. Uh, but I'll talk about that later. So I'm curious now. Should, should I bump that up on my list? Well, to be honest, I'm, I, I was even debating whether I should mention it or not because I didn't get enough time with it. I'm definitely intrigued. But right now what it is is watching videos the game without context. So I'm watching a bunch of videos. I'm trying to piece together stories. I am involved. You know, like I'm actually kind of engaged with it. I don't know if I'm having fun yet, and I definitely haven't figured out what's going on yet. I'm, I'm about an hour in. I have about an hour of playtime. I'm definitely going to go back. The thing is, the reason I have to, like, pick my time to play it is because the subject matter is, is somewhat mature, at least in some of the videos that I watched. So it's not a game you play while your kids are still awake type thing, if that makes sense. Um, okay. So I have to pick my battles and play it. At, in, like there, there is nudity, as an example. Like there were scenes with nudity. So um, and other subject matters that were harsh, like you know, really violent setups and things like that. There was. So I, I'm going to go back to it, but I was curious if I could get a recommendation from either of you, and it seems like I can't. So I guess I'm gonna go back to it and bring you yeah. a recommendation next week. I mean, Immortal, like with most Sam Barlow games, like, you know, the, the, their structure is clever. Yeah. Um, but the, the themes are frequently not, um, shall we say, halal. <laughs> yeah. So they're the kind of games where I usually wait a few days to, to hear responses. And on this one, I think it might be a skip for me. Okay, but, that's fair. Um, very excited to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I'm very excited to have some <laughs> to share with y'all. <laughs> so, Fozzy, you mentioned that you played a game. Yeah, I was uh, playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, my loved God. Loved it. Loved it. It's also on Game Pass, and it is so good. It is so much fun. That game yeah. is crazy good. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy good. Did you get um, a chance to play it with someone else? Yeah, yeah. So I played it a group of us. Good, good. And that was fun. The more you add people, the more fun it is. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And it, uh, uh, so I played, uh, I, th- I think it was Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time was the one that starts with a crane, like a giant crane uh, destroying a city. Yes, I believe so. Right, they all that merge must... into one right now in my mind. I remember that because uh, I remember that I played the Turtles in Time, I think, on the arcades at first when it came out. And they had this, mm-hmm. when you threw the one of the foot soldiers, you threw him directly at the screen. Yes. I don't know if you remember that part, but yes. that part I loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think like, the you know, original one had that. The arcade game had that too, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the arcade game. No, because there were there was Ninja Turtles the arcade game, and then there was Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time, which is like a sequel to Ninja Turtles the arcade game. So I think the arcade ah. game you could also throw. I could maybe I'm merging them in my head. I don't remember. Uh, so but that's I, why I asked. Um, I never played uh, back in time Turtles in Time. I think I've only played that later on. I never played that on. Uh, was it Super Nintendo? Yes, it was also. Uh, so back in the day, I never played that on a Super Nintendo. I played the arcade uh, game. Yeah, extensively. Yeah, and I think the Turtles in Time was based on that one. Yes. 
And it starts off with uh, yes. So now I got my facts straight. And it's the yeah. one that uh, starts off with Crane destroying New York City. I think. Yes. So both uh, of those had a, an arcade version and a home version. So the arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, had an arcade version, and then yeah. it had a NES version, and then Turtles okay. in Time had an arcade release, and then had a Super NES version. Oh, okay. To make it even more confusing. So you might have yeah, played all of the above. I might have. Because I, I remember playing a bunch of NES Ninja Turtles games. Yes. Those were not good. I don't know. Are you one talking of, about the, the one that's One of like, them was good. And one yeah. of, and the other one was just impossible. <laughs> yes. The impossible one is the one that never made it to the arcade. It's kind of a platformer, but you also have parts where you're on the city. Right? Yes. Yeah. Where you're, you're, you're riding the turtle mobile or whatever it's called. Yeah, that one wasn't great, but I loved it because I loved the turtles. It's only years later that I like came to terms that it was actually a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I loved the turtles back uh, back in the day. I would play any games with the turtles on it. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I just looked it up. So the ones that I liked on NES was uh, Ninja Turtles Three: The Manhattan Project. Uh, that one, that one was good on the NES. Uh, there was other the the other one the impossible one was just uh, Ninja Turtles uh, I think it was two mm-hmm. that was terrible <laughs> that I couldn't finish it was like impossible to play it's so difficult hitboxes are unfair yeah. all of this but the one in the arcade like took it to the entirely different level it was like uh, you know so close to the cartoon the the yeah. sound of the arcade system and all of that. And the reason why I'm talking about this more than Shredder's Revenge is because there's there's so much homage in Shredder's Revenge to that game. Yes. You know, like the whole thro- throwing the enemy at the screen, they got that. They have the the way like the turtle, uh, like when you get punched, you you fall on the floor. There's like, you know, disappointed, uh, uh, this, uh, like almost fainted, uh, kneeling on the ground situation. It's identical. Mm-hmm. I think in the arcade one, they used to say shell-shocked. Yes. And they, yes. they fell on the floor and stuff like that. Yeah, so they have all of that. Like how you eat the pizza, some of the sound effects. Um, the animation is, of course, a lot more smooth than the old one. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, what, those guys, they know exactly what they're doing the entire time. Like they know that you have nostalgia to these games. Yes. And mm-hmm. they are, you know, giving you like the, the, the nods. They're giving you all the stuff that you're you're coming into to play. Um and they get added a lot of uh, playable characters. So it's not just the four turtles. You also play as Master Splendor, which you couldn't do in the original. And you play as April O'Neil as well. Yes, you do. Which is amazing. I love both those characters. And they all had like they had their own personal personality and different moves. Uh, like, yeah. I, I think I mentioned the, the game before because I had played it before. I think I mentioned it before in an episode. Yeah, you this- recommended it to me. And that's why I tried awesome. it out. Awesome. Like, really, my favorite thing about it is it looks and feels the way I remembered those games were when they weren't that way. Like, they they added a lot more frames of animation, a lot more moves and things like that. But it looks and feels the, the like as fun as like the same a similar experience as those games, which they nailed it. Really, they nailed it. They they tapped into that nostalgia and yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm biased because I also know the people who made the game. But still, <laughs> it's still no, I don't know anyone who worked on that game, and I could tell you that it's superb. I really, really enjoyed it. So if you like that style of game, which is the side scrolling beat 'em up, mm-hmm. and if you have any nostalgia for the Ninja Turtles at all, like it's th- this is the game. 
you know, like there's yes. a lot of Ninja Turtles game that came out in, in recent years that are trying to, you know, reboot the franchise or like uh, based on the maybe the newer Turtles mm-hmm. uh, iteration or art styles. But I have no, I have no love for those just simply because I, you know, that's not the stuff you, I grew up you with. You weren't eight years old when you saw that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well put. Uh, um the ninja turtles is just a perfect ip you know like ninjas <laughs> i love ninjas pizza yeah. i love pizza uh <laughs> turtles, basically who a power doesn't love turtles at my point i can't i can't eat pizza anymore so just the idea of pizza is a power fantasy i'm very into it did i ever mention that it's based on daredevil that the ninja turtles are based on daredevil did y'all no. know that really so no. yep so daredevil was taught martial arts by a character called stick the Ninja Turtles were taught martial arts by a character called Splinter. The, <laughs> okay. the Daredevil fights a secret group of um, assassins named The Hand. The Turtles fight a secret group of ninja assassins called The Foot. <laughs> oh, so they're foot soldiers. They're foot soldiers, exactly. And um, they like the you know the Daredevil gets his powers because something fell in his eyes like an ooze. The Ninja Turtles become who they are because ooze fell on top of them, like that kind of thing. So there were a lot of parallels. And when fans asked Eastman and Laird if th- th- this was a, a reference, a direct reference, so they're like, "Yeah, absolutely. It was heavily inspired by Daredevil, even Aww. though the end result is completely different. It was heavily inspired by it." Well, how about that? Oof. Yeah, I did not know that. I had no idea. Huh. Well, speaking of things, but slightly different. um, (laughs) Love that segue. What a segue. (laughs) So, okay. I'm going to have to prefix this a little. So uh, when I got into the industry, when I was just starting out, I noticed that the industry has a pretty strong, like, drinking culture. Yeah. So I created this myth that I only drink Coca-Cola. Yes, specifically uh, a specific which, type of Coca-Cola. Well, so that, that backfired on me terribly because it turns out that the Coca-Cola in the United States or in North America in general is made with uh, high fructose corn syrup yep. instead of cane sugar. So it tastes awful. So then uh, people started buying Coca-Cola for me, which was terrible because it was bad Coca-Cola. And then so I added that I only drink cane sugar Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, which is uh, Coca-Cola with the original uh, with the original sugar, or mm-hmm. I don't know if it's original, but with good sugar. Um, in the U.S., that's called Mexican Coke. And then, <laughs> so for eight years of my life, I was fed only Coca-Cola, mm. which turns out is not good for you. No, no. Um, and you know, it kind of became my brand, so I was stuck with it for a while. And then at some point, I said, "Okay, I really need to stop with this Coca Cola." I was gaining weight. You know, COVID happened. I wasn't moving as much. I wasn't traveling as much. So I was pretty unhappy with that. So I decided to drop the Coke and instead drink Fanta because I don't like Fanta as much. Mm-hmm. So I drank less of it, and then I started buying juice. So I started dry- drinking orange juice and apple juice, and you know, it's healthier, but not by much. Mm-hmm. it's still just sugar mostly right mm-hmm. so then a uh, a dear friend of mine told me about this thing that i'd never heard of that i just decided to check out because she swore it works right mm-hmm. so it's called air up and it's a water bottle mm-hmm. it just has one little trick it has a little smell pod replaceable smell pod at the top oh and the smell can be 
any of many things. It can be peach, it can be Coca-Cola or cola, I think. It can be watermelon, it can be apple, it can be any of those things. And you know that thing where they say that um, your smell and your taste are directly connected? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their claim was effectively that if you put water in this bottle and have the smell pot, that you will your brain will be tricked into thinking you're drinking the thing you're smelling. Mm-hmm. So obviously I, I called nonsense. Yeah. Because yes, of course, that's how it works. But, uh, you know, I, it's an additive thing. You, you have a taste and then you have a smell. And then, you know, that together adds up to a smell. But then I started thinking when, you know, COVID sort of was a thing, people started saying, well, I can't smell any mirrors. So my, my, my taste is gone too. And I'm like, maybe it does work. Right. So I decided to get one and I've been trying it for the past few weeks and I swear to God, it just works. It just works. So I've just been drinking water for like three weeks now. Yeah. While smelling Fanta. While, while believing that I'm drinking peach, apple, watermelon. And I know it's not like my brain knows it, but I can't trick myself into not tasting it. Hmm. Like it really does taste like it really is the sensation of water having a flavor. Uh, so I just literally haven't bought any drinks in weeks, except for like a can of Fanta on the weekend. That's super impressive. And I'm super happy for you. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I have uh, chronic sinus issues. So I actually have an incredibly weak sense of smell, which right. in, in general is a good thing. And I've tried that same bottle. And it does not work for yeah. me, unfortunately. It tastes exactly like water, which right. I was, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm really, really happy that it'll work for 99% of the world. Right. Population. Yeah. You do need, <laughs> you do need a sense of smell. Yes. <laughs> to work. <laughs> Otherwise the whole idea doesn't work. Doesn't work. Exactly. But yeah. No, I, I've just been incredibly impressed. And the other fun thing, uh, if you have a sense of smell, um, <laughs> thank you. Is also you can turn the flavor on and off by closing the, the, the place the smell comes out of. So you can basically just press it down and then you're drinking water and you can pull mm. it up and then you have the flavor. But you can also just exchange the smell pot so you can drink peach and then put the watermelon pot on and then you're drinking watermelon. That's incredible. And then you can switch it to, I don't know, any of the other flavors. And you can just drink from the same bottle, but have it taste like five different things. It's wild. I really didn't think it would work. <laughs> um, wow, man. That sounds cool. Really happy yeah. for you. Also, Water just is good. lost like, you know, a bunch of kilos just purely from that switch. Yeah. That is a new thing. I mean, like, you know, juice is, is great, but it's also high on uh, calories. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, high on sugars, high on calories. So now I feel like I'm having apple juice, but it's water. And you can also put like sparkling water in it. So especially with the cola flavors. Yep, it works. Interesting. Anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because I don't know, like I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of Arabs have enough problems with calories and cholesterol and I don't know what. So might as well bring it up. That sounds good, man. Because I've been uh, going to Coke Zero mostly, because I like to, you know, to, if I want to drink something that's not water and I don't want to gain a lot of weight, 
but I'm going to give this uh, this, this a go, actually. Yeah, get, get yourself uh, some sparkling water. And uh, when you order it, you can get like, uh, you can order some pods with it. They're, they're about like, so they're, they're kind of like five euros, five to eight euros for a pod. And a pod goes for about 15 liters of, of water. Okay. So, you know, you pay five euros for three. So it's about like two euros per pod. And then you can drink 15 liters of flavored water with it without the actually having a flavor how do you explain that i don't know how to explain it it just it's just wild if you have a sense of smell i can really recommend it fauzi wow okay man i have a sense of smell <laughs> i'm gonna give that a go cool i think we're running yeah, out of that, time that though was, that was a humble brag huh fauzi <laughs> A humble brick. <laughs> didn't sound so humble to me. He was just like, I have a sense of smell. He's rubbing it in my nose. Right? No, that was just stating facts. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Even worse. We're, we're just going back to the start where it just, you know, Fauzi's just getting revenge for that oh, opening. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Take it that. wasn't even intentional. Subconscious revenge. <laughs> he didn't know why, but he really yeah. wanted to rub it in my face. <laughs> I love it. I deserve it. I deserve it. I think all of you have said, I feel bad now. Am I the only one who didn't feel bad this episode? You should. <laughs> I should feel bad. Find something to feel bad about. Okay, well, I Enjoy feel us. bad that I have to wrap up this episode now. Oh, because we are ooh. out of time. He's on fire today. Utter segue. So, um, for those of you who do want to reach out, you can email us, email us anytime at info at thehabibis.com. Don't forget to come at Osama, info at thehabibis.com. <laughs> Um, <laughs> then uh, you can also join us on our discord discord.thehabibis.com and uh, beyond that we will be back next Friday inshallah with another episode for now salam salam that was the Habibis podcast for this week I was Rami Ismail, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. The intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla. And the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea. With new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam.